welcome back again for another guest episode today we have with us mr mark smoller mark is a writer a health and fitness instructor and you can also find him on instagram with the handle at the rate rock and roll health coach which we will come back to in a moment because that's a very interesting handle but yeah he is also certified in advanced sports nutrition and is cut from the same cloth as world renowned david goggins i don't know about you guys but i'm a huge goggins fan so i was stoked so welcome mark and thanks for joining with us today thank you happy to be here health and fitness is important for everyone and uh, we thought that it's important to have an episode just to discuss about it as all of us here are students and our audience are also made of students and our friends or juniors or everyone in college basically so for us it's health and fitness is a topic because we are all very focused on our studies and health and health is like a bit neglected because of all the stress and pressure we already have so that's why we have this episode to give you more insight on how to handle our health so one question that we received was that how to uh, have moderation in eating and how do we define that as students because it's important and but we don't really give it that much importance in our lives great question uh, to give uh, your audience a, a simple answer that they can just hang on to and it's memorable and it's easy to implement and maybe they'll even have fun comparing fist sizes but if you um, take you know a portion the size of your fist and put it on your plate um, and start with some fresh vegetables um, obviously we hear a lot about leafy greens but if you can do that first and then secondly add a second fist of uh, complex carbohydrates so sweet potatoes um, broccoli's broccoli is included as a, as a very healthy carbohydrate and it's got a decent amount of protein and then lastly if there's still room yeah. on your plate um, add some protein some clean proteins so that's an easy way to start your stomach yeah. expanded is only the size of both of your fists so, um, if you, if you can portion control like that, um, that's one fast, memorable, easy way to, to implement that. As far as snacking, if people would actually read the, um, uh, you know, uh, serving suggestions on the back of the bag, they'd be surprised. You know, if you pick up a bag of, I don't know, peanut butter filled pretzels or uh, granola, which yeah. you think is healthy, and it can be, it's healthy-ish. I love adding ish to things. Um, yeah. there might be 16 <laughs> servings in a, you know, in a bag of, of, uh, granola or trail mix. And you, if you measure it out, you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I just ate four servings. That's 40 grams of fat. So that's another <laughs> thing to just check out. I mean, the information is there for us. So, yeah, so you're a fitness trainer, as you say. So motivation is basically an important factor while training, right? So. How do you help uh, people maintain that motivation and uh, make them stick to the plan? Another great question. So I've got a lot of expressions like Goggins and one of them is feel the pain, feel the change. Uh, with one of my clients who's in her 20s, um, we were doing a certain exercise and I was uh, fully contracted showing her how to do the exercise and she could only go about three quarters of the way. And I said, can you move further? And she said, no, my gut is in the way, my belly, and it feels gross. And I said, good, oh. stay there and feel that. I'm glad you called it gross. It is, um, but we're, we're going to get better and we're going to eliminate that gross. But feel the pain, feel the change. Feel how, how uncomfortable and gross that feels. Relish in that pain for a little bit. And then we're going to feel that change. So I always say results only occur when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of making the change. So a lot of people feel like they're, they're going to miss out on things. Um, uh, someone might make fun of them. It's too hard to implement. They focus on the change. But once they focus on that pain of staying the same and how it's implementing, or I'm sorry, how it's affecting them, uh, maybe they're being a poor role model to someone they care about, uh, whatever it is, they, they, they can't function and move the way they, they feel they should. Um, really focus on that pain and that should motivate you uh that's it's a you know that word is 
we could talk about that on a whole another podcast, but that should motivate you. Um, also accountability, you know, Goggins talks about the accountability mirror. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I think a, a big reason people make up terms like fat shaming, that's just a newly created made up term in order to deflect any accountability. Um, the CDC, um, who gives us immunization guidelines and mask wearing guidelines calls people fat according to a certain height weight standard. They call people obese according to a certain height and weight standard. Those are terms that we're familiar with. They're adjectives. They're not meant to shame people or make people feel bad. It's just an accurate description. And people don't call the CDC fat shamers. Fat shame, if someone calls you a fat shamer, um, as long as you're not being you know, mean and, and bullying them, um, generally they're doing it to deflect any accountability. And once we um, accept accountability and we get inside of ourselves and say, you know what? I want to live my best life. I want to do 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups in less than five minutes. Um, I want to be a great role model to my little niece or nephew. Um, I don't want to end up the way my my dad did or my mom did something like that and really go on that journey inside. Um, I think it's a lot easier to own that accountability and stay motivated. Yeah, yeah, that's really insightful because uh... When you look at people and you think like you don't want to be, you don't want to be uh, ending like them uh, some, at the, some some point in your life, like uh, it really motivates you somewhere. Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of motivation, uh, I also have this doubt that uh, uh, whenever the during your course of training or uh, working out, you you tend to feel like eating uh, one of those junk foods or your favorite meal. So how do you have that fair share of proportion in, in terms of your cheat days and in terms of working out during a course of week or a month maybe? Um, is that more for, for me personally or for my clients that I'm training? Uh, personally as well as if you would be suggesting for the viewers. Um, I'm fortunate. I don't have that food addiction personality. Um, I'm someone who can actually eat one potato chip or have a smidge of a cookie or, or something. I can have one French fry. Um, for people who, who don't, uh, for clients who might have that, um, that addiction, there's also this, um, this, this thing called nostalgic eating. So if you, you guys are familiar, right? I mean, if you grew up eating uh, bacon, eggs, and pancakes with your mom on Saturday morning, then that, that brings back the nostalgic feeling or your favorite fast food place, whatever. So uh, this is a little trick that I got from the great Tony Robbins, and I kind of adapted it just for food and nutrition. And I have all my clients do it, not necessarily right away. Some of them, it takes a few weeks because they'll say, boy, I've been working out a couple weeks, and I'm not... I'm not seeing anything. I'm not feeling anything. So I talk about the pain and the pleasure principle. And I have them write down the pain and the pleasure of eating that favorite food or that, that food they struggle with or they're tempted to eat. And then the pain and the pleasure of not eating it. And so you have a, you have a, you know, a, a square basically. And instead of thinking about the pros and the cons, which is logical, when it comes to eating, we all know, most of us know, right? What's bad for us. Um, it's emotional. We, we go on our feelings. But I feel like eating that or just bring back memories or I'm, I'm stressed out. I've been studying. I'm craving this. So if you write down pain and pleasure, those are emotionally charged words. And it usually resonates, you know, just, just uh, more accurately with someone. And then writing down the pain and the pleasure of eating it is one way to look at it. Writing the pain and the pleasure of not eating it is a whole other way. And usually one of those four quadrants will resonate with you and you need to focus on that and and really just kind of feel that and analyze it that's one thing acceptance just accepting how you feel about it that usually can take away the temptation right there um, secondly then is focusing on well the old the old expression a moment on the lips a lifetime on the hips so you know a moment on the tongue um, it could be a lifetime in your heart. And, and I was, it's funny. I was, as I was preparing for this, um, podcast discussion, which I'm loving so far, you guys have great questions. You're really passionate about this. I was thinking, you know, we're really concerned 
with what comes out of someone's mouth. And I almost posted this on Instagram, maybe I will later. But we're, we're concerned about what comes out of someone's mouth, whether it's a, a politician or a celebrity, how they could possibly influence us. Or, you know, there's this cancel culture thing, right? Somebody said something and I don't like it, so I'm gonna get a group of people around and we're gonna try and prevent them from saying that. We're so worried about what comes out of someone's mouth, but we're not worried about what's going in our own mouth which is food and toxic things like Diet Coke and um, all these chemicals and ingredients that are banned in America, but they're uh, not allowed in Europe or Australia. It, it, it just hit me. I'm like, we're so concerned about the words coming out of someone's mouth, but we're not worried about the garbage we're putting in our own mouth. I'm glad you touched on the pay, pleasure and pain scale because I was about to come to that because I, I guess I am one of those guys who guilt eats and I, I wake up at five i'll exercise a lot i'll exercise for two hours but then you see me and i'll be still like a bit hefty because i can't stop or, or i can't control that much so even though i will feel guilty after i eat it and i'm pre i'm sure that many people or our listeners can actually relate to this because many people do that but then again the i guess the pain pleasure scale is a much better approach and perspective to control our urges and try to stick on our diet. But then do you recommend people to stick on a diet or do you just say that eat healthy food? Or is there a calorie limit do you uh, suggest to your clients? Great question. And by the way, the, the I've got a pain and pleasure example on my Instagram and you know, anyone can reach out yeah. to me and I can walk them through it. But um, I don't recommend diets and I don't recommend counting calories because I think eating should be fun. I think eating is, is obviously a blessing and a gift. And if we're, um, I don't know if you, if you, if you use these terms you know, globally, but middle-class, upper-class, um, if you're middle-class, upper-class, I mean, oh my gosh, eating is, is such a gift and a blessing. So let's enjoy it. Let's just make healthier choices. And, and the choices are there. Uh, yeah. The options are there. The choice is always, you know, comes down to us. So I don't recommend a diet. Um, I don't think diets are sustainable. And that's why. Um, it, it's kind of a punishment. Um, it, it, the brain sees it as temporary. Um, and I, I don't recommend counting calories. I like the whole fist thing. I like telling people to slow down. Um, I tell people to put their fork down in between bites or put their chopsticks down yeah. or whatever in between bites. Yeah. Um, and wait, wait and see if you feel full, uh, drink an entire glass of water before you eat, drink water yeah. after you eat, um, and, and portion control. I mean, we, you know, in America we're big on protein, protein, protein. I don't know if you guys yeah. are there, but yeah. it's protein. Pro oh my God. And it's, it's, you know, and they're, and they're like, well, I gotta get my protein. So they go eat, you know, 10 chicken tenders. So they're eating <laughs> fried carbohydrates, which is one of the worst things yeah. you can put in your body. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I, I don't recommend diets. Um, I also don't use the term lose weight. Um, yeah. most people, um, uh, if they've ever lost something, they don't brag about it. If you've ever lost your keys to your house or your car, it's very, you don't, you don't go on Instagram and, or you don't go on Twitter and tweet. I lost my dog. I lost my, I lost my yeah. great aunt to cancer. I lost my job. Guess what, guys? I lost my kid. Nobody's going so your brain hears yeah. I gotta lose weight, and right away it goes into defense and it says, No, I don't want to lose because losing sucked. Yeah. So I talk yeah. about um, let's get fit, let's get strong, let's get smart, let's get sexy, yeah. let's get tone, let's get active, what, whatever it is, whatever resonates with each personal yeah. client. It's a very personal journey. So I, I like to interview my clients and really uh, get to know them, what fires them up and what their long-term goals are. And uh, while you say that you actually don't recommend diet, so what are your views about uh, exercise without nutrition and uh, the other way, like nutrition without exercise? Like diet Great question. That's so common. Um, I don't believe you can, I don't believe most of us can have optimum health or athletic performance or avoid a disease um, with without both you have to have both um the the problem i think is we we often see people who uh drink a lot of alcohol or they eat fast food and because they have a fast metabolism and they're not overweight 
we're like, well, that person eats whatever they want and look at them. It doesn't mean they're healthy on the inside. It doesn't mean they can sustain that. Um, and then there's also people who, you know, they're very, very strong. They work out all the time. But um, for me, uh, you know, they, they may have um, some extra fat stored around uh, their stomach area, which is a sign of, of poor health and uh, poor digestive tract and disease stores yeah. in fat. So just because they're strong or whatever, um, doesn't mean they're healthy. I, I, I like the terms healthy and um, vitality, uh, limber, uh, things like that. So I, I think you have to have both. Yeah. We yeah, look at one that. person online or a friend of ours and we think, oh, that's so, so that is so because they live their life that way, I can live my life that way and have those same results. And you, you, you probably can't, or we see an athlete or a, or a celebrity that's like, oh my gosh, I eat Doritos and Pepsi and, you know, I watch football and blah, blah. number one, you don't know if that's hundred percent true. And number two, even mm -hmm. if it is for them, it doesn't mean it's going to be for you because we all have heredity. We have different blood types. Um, we respond differently to stress. I mean, it, it's, there's a whole lot there. Yeah. So, so you attain your goal, you attain your goal fitness or your uh, physique, whichever you were aiming for. So how do you maintain it? Do you stick with whatever you were doing or do you have, or people usually kind of loosen up once they get to where they want to go. So how do you exactly maintain it for future? Cause it's not, a, the physique is not a goal. It's a journey, right? So how do we continue? Another great question. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a couple of external factors that can um, cause some sort of dopamine release and, and get you to um, maintain that lifestyle. Like I said, if, if you receive compliments and you love that, um, if, if someone says you're, you're a great role model or example, um, we know exercising releases the positive chemicals in your brain and um, you know your brain craves those, so um, that's another way. Um, I think just exercising self-control. Um, I I get a thrill out of saying no to uh, corporations producing toxic food, and I, um, yeah. I I like finding alternatives and saying no. I'm not going to eat that chocolate-covered, cheese-covered, deep-fried thing you came up with with bright colors on it. That you know you got some celebrity to to, to promote. Um, I'm going to create my own natural one. So I think feelings are, are a big part of that is, is saying I feel so much better. Um, I don't have to take as many prescription pills. Uh, I had a client uh, last year that I started training and she was on four prescription pills. She was 40 pounds overweight. And um, every Sunday that she ate with her family and uh, they, they ate a lot of ethnic foods and her family went from making fun of her and, and teasing her, and, you know, calling her a food snob to asking questions to all of a sudden um, asking her to bring some of the vegan items she was bringing in. Um, she went from four prescription pills down to two and she kept the 40 pounds off. So I can just say one of my clients for her, she just relished in the progress that she made, how much better she felt and kind of a little bit proving people wrong, proving the world wrong, saying to her family, see, I did it. And now she has her family asking questions. How did you do it? And things like that. So I think there's a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's a great question. Um, I, I, I stay in touch with my clients. This particular one I'm talking about, we, we touch base every year. Um, and, and a lot of it is habit too. So it's unlearning bad habits and relearning good habits. Um, I haven't had dairy in my gosh, I'm going to say 30 years and oh you know, 30 years ago, they didn't have oat milk and almond milk, yeah. and oat milk cheeses and cashew nut cheese. I, I wasn't eating anything. I would literally pour water cause I like cereal. I pour water in my cereal. It's gross. But I did it, and now it's just it's part of who I am. I, I don't touch cheese or milk. So um, I think once you get that habit, whether it's, you know, some people do it in six months. Some people it takes four years. So um, I, I think it just becomes a habit, and you focus on the outcome. And it, I always tell people, too, when we're working out, why are you doing this? Well, one of my clients, she says, I want legs like Carrie Underwood. 
Okay, let's do it. So when she gets tired, I'm like, no, 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 come on. We're going to get those Carrie Underwood legs. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So um, obviously, I mean, you guys, you're, 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 you're sacrificing a lot in college. You, you're sacrificing sleep. You're doing a lot. So I think if you keep the end in mind, right, what's my long-term goal, not only to graduate with a degree, but I want to make a difference in the world. I'm going to buy a great house. I might even buy a second house and I'm going to rent it. And the, the juices get flowing, yeah. right? And then that's why you're hitting the books all night. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you you spoke about uh, being vegan and I mean not going for dairy products. So uh, does that uh, like I haven't done that as of now. So what what was your experience with that? I mean uh, some prefer some people prefer to go for non-vegetarian foods like meats and in order to gain proteins and all all sorts of things. So how about going uh, vegan and uh, continuing the normal diet? So that's, I'll try to keep it short, but I could go on forever. So, okay. <laughs> so a couple of things. I'm an O blood type. Uh, yeah. I've studied the blood type diet, uh, the blood type lifestyle. And it's really important because um, once your food is in your stomach, uh, the blood breaks it down, distributes it to the vital organs, redistributes it through our arteries. And that's how we get the nutrients from our food. The only way we get nutrients is through blood absorption. So your blood type really impacts and affects um, that nutrient distribution and how you, you respond to foods. I'm an O. O's like animal protein. Um, if you're an AB, you do really well on a vegan lifestyle. It's just the way our, our blood processes the, the, the uh, nutrients in the food. So twice I've gone 100% plant-based. Um, I lost probably seven or eight pounds of muscle though. So I didn't like that. I'm still trying to put some more on. The last time was about two years ago and I actually fell down the stairs of my house. My hemoglobin okay. crashed. Um, I injured myself. I sprained my wrist. I scraped my back up. I was only out for about 30 seconds, but I was out. I oh mean, my, my legs were over my head. I was upside down. Went and got blood tests. They said, your hemoglobin is way, way too low. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're missing certain things in your blood and you, you, you're going to have to reintroduce meat. So I, I, I did some, uh, some bison and some salmon. Um, I still, every once in a while will have some seafood. I, I enjoy it. I make sure it's clean and well caught. Um, I'll probably eat bison once or twice a year. Um, I don't like to, I'm all about, you know, preventing animal cruelty and things like that. But um, I, I think that if you can do things like Meatless Monday, that's a good way to just practice and try it. Um, you know, go out to breakfast or make breakfast with your friends and try and skip the breakfast meats, which um, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I love bacon and sausage and things like that. Uh, I know some religions uh, avoid cow or pork. Um, so why not add a few more animals? I mean, it's... It, I always say to my vegetarian friends, why aren't you vegan? Because you know those cows are getting tortured. They artificially inseminate them. They milk them their entire life. They're stressed out. They're releasing massive amounts of estrogen and cortisol. Estrogen and cortisol gets stored around women's rear ends, their hips, and their gut. So I always, I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a, on a, on a dairy bucks uh, tangent here. I don't call it dairy bucks. Go to, go to any dairy bucks uh, around 4 o'clock. I'm not being mean. It's 2 plus 2 is 4. If you go to uh, dairy bucks around 4 o'clock, you're going to see a lot of soccer moms who are overweight, and most of it's in that midsection, thighs, butt, and stomach. That's because they're stressed out. They have massive amounts of estrogen and cortisol. Guess what? It gets stored in that area for women. For men, it gets stored around the chest and also down here. So you'll see a lot of uh, – if men are um, – stressed out and consuming a lot of dairy, they're going to have, um, sorry, what we call man boobs, or they're going to get the, the extra flab in the tricep here. It's just where it gets stored. So you've got all that estrogen and cortisol already going in your body. The cow is filled with estrogen and cortisol, releases it through its milk, and you're putting this much of the milk in your body and maybe this much coffee or espresso. So you're just putting more stress hormones on top of more stress hormones. So I was asking, what, you, should, you should really go vegan. And then they're like, well, but I got to have my cheese. Um, 
I think experimenting is is good. Um, I uh, I'm working on. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I might do some on Instagram. My sister tells me I should write a book since you know I raised three kids on my own, and um, I didn't always have time to make big elaborate meals. So I've got this idea of uh, making fast, easy, healthy-ish meals, and okay. the way I've done some of them so far is I do like let's just say rice, beans, and vegetables, um, and vegan cheese, and then I take a picture of it, and then the last step is adding a protein. So um, I'm in the food business, and I've uh, had a, a lot of customers over the years that do a great job, and I, I wish more restaurateurs would do this, where they'll have eight items on the menu. Very simple, just eight items. And on this side, it'll be traditional, and on this side, it'll be the vegan version. And what's so cool is, let's say the three of you go out to eat, you could order one, um, I don't know, vegan whatever, okay? And then one of the regular ones, and then cut it up. And so now you're controlling your portions, but you're also having fun, you're, you're having dialogue, and you're like, taste the, oh wow, this one tastes really similar and things like that. And um, the restaurants that I've been involved with that uh, do that have a lot of success. There's a lot of conversation, uh, a lot of Instagram posts, and, it, and it's kind of fun. And you can also do that at home too. You know, one of yeah. you do a regular version, and one of you do a vegan version, and compare it and, and laugh <laughs> yeah. and eat each other and spit it out, or, or say, "Wow, the vegan version is actually better." Yeah, yeah, it, it just makes food exciting. Experimenting, and it'll just help you not even ha uh, fill your stomach, but have fun in the process. It does. Now, I'll say this about the vegan stuff, though. So there's a lot of um, plant-based meats out there. You still got to watch the saturated fat because a lot of them use coconut oil and that's very high in saturated fat. As a matter of fact, um, the, uh, I, think, I can't remember if it's Beyond or Impossible, one of them, they make a delicious Italian sausage, but it has way more saturated fat than a traditional one with pork. So we got to watch our saturated fat. So, you know, just because uh, you're vegan, there's, there's a guy on Instagram, he kind of mocks veganism, but he's, he goes, um, beer is vegan, French fries are vegan, am I healthy? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I was coming to that, that uh, veganism is promoted nowadays, uh, many people are following it. So, but uh, for me, like I'm a vegetarian, I do have dairy too. But then uh, if I convert into a vegan, then what is my protein? Is it uh, only lentils and pulses or what other options do we have? Because I am not familiar to the concept of vegan. So I was right. hoping you will introduce me. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, let me ask you, d does calling yourself um, a vegetarian, does that, <laughs> I mean, are you happy about that? Are you when you when you announce it to your friends, if you go out to eat, um, or if someone invites you over for dinner, do you say, "All right, well, hold on, though, I'm vegetarian." What what comes with that? Um, no, I I never actually thought about that because uh, since I was born, I was like you kind of I was born into a vegetarian family in India. That's the thing that first of all, religion plays a, a part, but even otherwise, if you're born in a vegetarian family, you continue to be a vegetarian for the rest of your life. That's what basically happens in India. So that's the same with me. But then I've never really felt curious about finding out what meat tastes like or feels like or the protein or something like that. So the reason I asked is I try to avoid labels. People always say, oh, wh what are you or what don't you eat or what do you do? Yeah. And um, I, I just use the term I eat real clean. And and most people, mm -hmm. they, they, they kind of stop. I mean, I don't mind. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't like titles. I don't like labels. Um, you know, if, if I let's just say let's just say someone says this is the most amazing bacon ever. I, I raised that. I was friends with. I let the pig sleep in my bed. But when it's old enough for him to go to the water, we slaughtered him. We fed him cherries and apples and whatever. And I'm like, okay, fine. Give me a piece of bacon. I want to be able to eat that. Just one piece. It's not going to kill yeah. me. I haven't had bacon in whatever 20 years. If I eat one piece of this amazing stuff, and I'm sharing that bond with that farmer, then yeah. let it be. I don't want. I don't want all of a sudden the the vegan world in in Hollywood, you know, yeah. coming after me and dragging me through the street. So. I don't like the labels and titles. Just tell people I'm, I'm eating clean. Yeah. I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm training. Tell people, you're t you know what, you should yeah. tell these guys that I'm training. I'm training. I'm training <laughs> yeah. for a quarter of a mile. So that's why I'm eating yeah. this. So, 
to answer your question, I'm glad you guys uh, have uh, good fun with it. You should. Yeah. Um, um, and one night, what you guys should do is when he's sleeping, is slip a little piece of bacon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's so much you can eat. There's so many things. Um, I mean, pasta, especially import. So I don't do any American wheat. Um, I, I buy imported pasta. So you can do so many things with pasta. And if you think of a cuisine, yeah. if you think, all right, I've got these ingredients. Um, I'm going to go Asian. I'm going to go Middle Eastern. I'm going to go um, Tex-Mex. I'm going to go Mediterranean. I'm going to go Italian. I'm going to go yeah. Greek. Um, if you think of the flavors they use, that really changes things. And that's, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a decent cook, but I'm really good at blending flavors. So yes. if you're getting, I would say, um, to, to experiment, go with fresh herbs. So just look up a recipe. I, I like allrecipes.com. It's, it's a pretty good website and they've got a ton of reviews on, uh, on a recipe someone makes. And then they'll tweak it. They'll take a basic recipe and you'll see like five people that have said, well, I added chives and cumin and a pinch of yeah. brown sugar. And then all of a sudden, 100 people go, oh, my gosh, that changed. Yeah. The um, so just taking that. I mean, I use turmeric, obviously. Um, you guys are super familiar with that. And I wish more people used yeah. it. But I use turmeric in a lot of dishes to give it a different taste. If I use turmeric, chili yeah. powder, or a pinch of brown sugar, that changes the whole dish. Um, yeah. Also take certain vegetables. And use that as your center of the plate, your your meat. Um, eggplant is a, is a good one. Uh, zucchini is another good one. Um, yeah. Polenta is an amazing one. Where you can take that, make that your your fake cutlet or your you know whatever your your, your like your fillet. Shape it into a fillet. Season it yeah. like you would a steak or a pork chop. Yeah. You'll be amazed. You'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah. I, I, this tastes, if I close my eyes, the textures may be a little different, but this tastes like I'm eating steak, potatoes, and broccoli. I love this. I'm going to use this yeah. egg or I'm going to use this polenta or whatever as my substitute for, for meat. You can add some amazing fats. I mean, you can add coconut. You can add sunflower. Uh, I like adding flaxseed. I add flaxseed to a yeah. lot of things. Uh, you just use flaxseed, warm water, stir it up and then add in some finely diced uh, zucchinis or something like that. And you wouldn't believe when you saute it almost like a pancake with some sunflower oil or something like that. It, it's a great, great filet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like most of the people who you see are vegan or are vegetarian basically and are bodybuilders go to gym, have some great bodies. Like uh, they tend to have like these, uh, proteins, uh, supplements in the diet, nutrition supplements in the diet. So there's a lot of about uh, uh, controversies going on about them, like uh, adulteration happens and a uh, lot, lot of negative things. So what do, you, what, what do you have to say about them? Like, should we include them if we are going vegan or vegetarian, like uh, in place of meat? Yeah. Um, short answer is yes. I, I do supplement B vitamins because uh, that's one of the vitamins that plants just don't produce enough of. So, you, you, you know, if you're going to be vegan or vegetarian, you should get a really good um, water soluble v, B vitamin. Um, I do a vegan protein. Uh, I think it's Garden of Eden or Garden of Eden. One of those. Anyway, it's, 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 uh, okay. it's, it's a great, I should know what it is, but um Garden of Life, yeah, I can see it. I'm, I'm tempted to run in my kitchen and grab it right now. But anyway, it's uh, really high in amino acids. So you want to make sure you get uh, a vegan protein, if you're going to supplement, um, that has all the branch chain amino acids in it. Um, and I do a smoothie with with a scoop of that every day. I, I use, uh, uh, people always ask me what I put in my smoothie. So I, I do oat milk, um, at least one full scoop of that vegan protein, frozen blueberries, frozen mangoes, it thickens it up, um, keeps it cold. I put um, whole sprouts in, so I'll put bean sprouts, I'll put broccoli sprouts, I'll put sunflower sprouts in, because uh, you know the sprouts give you way more nutrition um, from say two ounces of sprouts, which would be actually be a lot, I should say probably two pinches of sprouts in your smoothie as opposed to a whole plate of broccoli. So the, 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 the sprouts, um, uh, flaxseed, 
uh, goji berries, uh, cacao nibs. That's generally what I put in my smoothie. And yeah. uh, so I do supplement with that vegan protein for sure. Yeah. Okay. And I think you should include okay. them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'd like to shift the topic a bit because this is an important question. And it's a very simple question, but then it is important. And I've experienced this myself and I. I don't think I have an answer for that yet myself. So I feel you're a really good person to ask this. So what is the sequence of a workout? So I've read uh, in some sources that say that cardio before weightlifting is better. And other sources have said weightlifting before cardio is better. And they both have their own reasons. But I mean, I personally prefer doing my cardio before my weightlifting because it just like pumps me up and it really gets me going. So what do you have to say about that? If you're if you're craving protein, go get some protein. See how you feel afterwards. You might be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that I ate whatever it was. If you're dreaming about we all have this right. You're dreaming about carrots and kale. And like, I have no idea. If you need a salad. You need vegetables. That's what your body's craving. So um, listen to your body. And if if um, doing cardio first loosens you up and fires you up and then you're going to hit the weights, go for it. Do it. I guarantee yeah. there are Olympians right now who um, do the exact opposite of their fellow Olympian. And yeah. they're all in the Olympics, so they're super, super athletes. So listen yeah. to your body. And, and running <laughs> – doesn't matter when you do cardio it has nothing to do with burning calories or speeding up your metabolism yeah i'll give you another crazy myth that's that just popped up i love people when a myth when something pops when something's like less than two years proven or old just dismiss it like all of a sudden now we're talking about um don't eat any food after 8 p.m at night really so if i eat it 805 I'm going to weigh 400 pounds, right? Or if I haven't eaten all day, which I don't recommend, but people are having success with fasting. So if I if I haven't eaten all day, but I eat um, 1,500 amazing calories of fiber and leafy green vegetables yeah. at 9.30 and I go to sleep at 10.30, I'm going to wake up weighing 700 pounds? No. You can you can eat whenever you want. It's about it's about the amount of calories you take in versus the amount of calories you burn. You guys know that. And that's that yeah. is 101 to weight loss or weight gain or maintaining a healthy weight. Um, the problem with eating late at night, and you guys probably can concur, is what we eat. It's also how much we eat, right? It's yeah. it's uh midnight, uh somebody wants to do a second round of latest xbox game or uh hey um the the sequel to this this horror movie is out now let's all watch it okay great everybody get mountain dew so we can stay up later okay shouldn't be drinking mountain dew hey let's uh make or order a large pizza hey get the bag of chips out so instead of grabbing three or four chips you grab the whole bag so it's not only what we're eating late at night it's usually junk food i mean Taco Bell's open till 3 a.m. here in America. Yeah. So it's what people are eating and then how much they're eating. They're like, well, I'm drunk, so I'm going to eat five burritos. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. problem with eating late at night, not yeah. eating it past eight o'clock. It's what and how much we're eating. Yeah. That's, that puts, I guess many of our listeners are like, have a new perspective on this now. So I'm glad you Good. covered that topic. Yeah. Yeah, so we all are actually a little bit obsessed about your Instagram handle. <laughs> and uh, you have named your Instagram handle Rock and Roll Fitness. So we just wanted to know some, are there any particular reasons for naming it like that? Or is there any story behind and it? Before you answer that, another one thing I'd like to add is that your drumming skills are really great. <laughs> so we, oh, we are expecting yeah. a song now. <laughs> At some point, <laughs> we are waiting for... Well, I would say, so part of the reason, yeah, I've got my, I'm, I can't because there, so wow. I've got my electric drums and my bass, um, yeah. my plays guitar, and then those are my acoustic drums. I'm in the, I'm in the midst of setting up, um, but that, yeah, it's, it's, um, I got to fix this thing, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, that's what it is. It's, um, so it's funny. I've got a really good friend named Cherie. She's been a mentor to me and, and a friend and, um, She's just great with sales and marketing. And yeah. so she came up with a few. 
And I was like, okay. And I always trust her, right? So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pick one of her, her names for my handle. And then I, it just hit me: rock and roll keeps you young. Like if you look at Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones and some of these people, <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're in their seventies and they look great. Yes, all these yeah. people, they, they just they look. And I'm like, I've, and I've said it forever: rock and roll keeps you young. I turned yeah. 54. Other than the gray and the beard, I think I look pretty good for 54. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Rock and roll keeps you young. So yeah. I went with rock and roll health coach, and she immediately said, uh, "That's not what I came up with." <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I use it because um, I'm a fan of rock and roll. I'm a fan of live music. I play the drums, and uh, I will post some more drumming videos. Thank you for the positive. Yeah. Feedback. A drummer, I, I think that uh, rock and roll <laughs> keeps you young. Yeah. And I don't like the phrase everything in moderation because uh, I'll tell people, okay, well, everything? Okay, how about a little gasoline on your salad? Well, no. Well, you said everything, and it's only just a little. So people use that to say, oh, lighten up, have fun. You know, one, one Mountain Dew is not going to kill you. And I agree with that. Um, but the problem is we know most people don't drink one Mountain Dew. And if they do, they're probably, like if somebody forced me to drink a Mountain Dew, I don't, I don't know if I could. I mean, I'd probably spit it out just because it would be so <laughs> sweet and gross in those fake colors. I, I know where, you know, what, yeah. what, what, uh, where those come from and, and what they do to your body. Uh, I would like to touch upon that. What what about energy drinks? Everyone, like even right now, The Rock came up with a new line of energy drinks and he's promoting it full on. And I, I know many people would go on and be like, oh my God, if Dwayne Johnson drinks it every day, I have to, because I mean, and people will go on like that. That's how every brand is made. So what is your thing on, I, I personally, I would prefer a, uh, what do you call sports drink for a normal soda, but then I don't know what's in it. I just know that it's Gatorade. Okay, it's Gatorade. So I know that it's really energizes me or gives me electrolytes mm -hmm. or something. But apart from that, what what do you say about that? Avoid them if you can. I I, I get it. Um, I, I mean, full disclosure, I'll I'll have a half of one every once in a while, um, but. I get one that's, I, I can't remember. It's, it's got green tea and, you know, no sugar and it's got um, ginkgo in it and, and stuff like that. And it actually doesn't taste very good, which is why I only drink a half. And that, that's the good part is it's not, you know, artificially sweet. So a couple of things. Um, there are exercises you can do in lieu of the energy drink. I know that drinking an energy drink makes you feel good though. It's cold, it's carbonated. Um, it's not overly sweet. I mean, they, they do a good job marketing them. Um, yeah. so I get it. You know, I, I would avoid them. You can, um, practice holding your breath. If you're really, really tired, um, that will force extra oxygen through your body. And so start with holding your breath for 15 seconds Do a few, uh, heavy, uh, external breaths, um, or, or re releasing your breath. Sorry. Uh, exhales is yeah. what the word. Exactly. Yeah. Few uh, heavy exhales, then go to 30 seconds, uh, exhale, exhale, 45 seconds. And before you know it, you'll be able to hold your breath for a full minute. Drink a bunch of water. See how you feel after just doing that. Usually that helps. You may have to do it for five straight minutes, but that can help. Um, yeah. Doing a bunch of push ups, running, running laps around your apartment, uh, just going for a walk. Uh, I've, I've been driving on road trips and I will crank up the rock and roll music and I'll start slapping my face and roll the window down. <laughs> um, you know, the temptation is it, it that's, a, that's a serious one because, like I said, it's, it's perfectly carbonated. Um, you think you're going to look like the rock if you drink enough? Good question so far. Uh, I just had a personal question that uh, have you ever just tasted Indian food uh, and Indian cuisine and uh, which is your favorite cuisine? Have I ever tasted Indian food? Uh, yep. Yeah. And uh, which is your favorite cuisine? Um, uh, you guys, you guys are going to say you're such an American. Uh, if I say <laughs> nons or pita, I mean, I really, really like, yeah, yeah. And hummus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have. Uh, so it's funny, when I first 
uh, tasted curry. I was like, oh, heck no. But then yeah. I take it. Now I know there's different types of curry and there's different spicy levels. So um, there is um, a, a ramen place here in Dallas and they do this um, curry broth and it is amazing. Now it has a lot of turmeric in it. Yeah. I can tell. I love turmeric. But he does like cinnamon, cloves, garlic. Yeah. Um, he some it's not brown sugar, but it's some sort of uh, sweetener that kind of has that darkness to it and richness. Yeah. Whatever it is, that's amazing. And it's a broth, and he does um, carrots and dumpling, and he'll put lamb in it if if you want. But I, I don't do it with the lamb. Um, but it is so hearty and amazing, and he makes these fresh pitas. Or I'm sorry, he makes a fresh naan, and it, and I I didn't know this, but you have to hang it, I guess, in this is a yeah. copper like a copper yeah. holder, and that's how it gets a shape. Yeah. And he get he imports the flour, and I'm to I, I could just like so soft and chewy, but it's got a it's got a like a little bit of a toast on the outside, and you dip it in this broth. It's, that's my favorite, whatever it is. But it's a it's a yeah. kind of an orangish brown curry broth. With some vegetable, yeah. um, some beans. He puts, um, I don't know, it's it's a white bean that he puts in there. That's also oh, yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. And, and maybe even, maybe hominy. Do you guys use hominy? Yeah, I guess occasionally. Yeah. Okay. And and so I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have a name for it, but it's, it's yeah. the spices that you guys use. And, and I always tell people too, I'm like, um, if you look at, um, Indian culture. If you look at Asian culture, they use a lot of spices to create yeah. a lot of flavor. They don't use a lot of food necessarily yeah. in a dish or plate. They limit their their um, animal consumption, yeah. and uh, they sit and they gather. Eating is is kind of yeah. like a, it's an event, and yeah. they're 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 just interacting and laughing and talking and taking their time. And yeah. they have the lowest rate of disease and the lowest rate of obesity. So there's got to be something yeah. for what you guys are doing. I mean, less animal protein, yeah. eat slower, um, incorporate those spices. I mean, there's there's spices. a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot coming out about how spices get your blood flowing and, and yeah. capsaicin and this and that. And, but yeah, one, uh, our, another third co-host is missing today because of some uh, personal issues. So, so his question was that, uh, as again, we have covered stress, we have covered the students are again focused on studies and everything. So, what is the mm -hmm. correlation between mental health and physical health? Because his question was that we we work uh, almost, we get up, we attend classes, we come back, we do our homeworks, uh, and by the time we get time to do something else, and which will probably end up in gaming or watching movies, as you've already said. Uh, so, but then if there are people like uh, they they want to work out, they're already very exhausted by that time. So, what do you tell to those guys? Uh, get a recording of David Goggins yelling at him. <laughs> get up, you blankety blank, and play it at four in the morning. No, yeah. or, 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 I'll, I'll I'll make it. No. Um, so I've gone back and forth between working out in the morning and working out at night, and I work out in the morning. Um, there's a lot of great videos out there on YouTube that say own your morning, own your morning. You'll, you'll, you'll own your day. And so yeah. I would say to him specifically, he's got to get up. He's got to get up and, um, own his morning, you know, um, one hour. I, I used to know this off the top of my head, but, uh, we'll do the math here. So, uh, one divided by 24 is 4%. So 4% of his day, if he works out for an hour, only 4% of his day is committed to health and fitness. So yeah. if you can't give 4% of your day, and double check me, you guys are the young college students, right? Isn't that right? An hour <laughs> out of 24, it's 4% it's of your day. So if you can't give 4% of your day to taking care of your body, then, you know, Think about it that way. Everybody can, right? Get, come on, give me 4% yeah. of your time. Um, so he's got to get up in the morning. He's got to think, it's only 4% of my day. I can do this. And he's got to find something that he enjoys, something that's fun. I don't care if he plays tennis or racquetball or climbs a rock or does jumping jacks or push-ups. 
um, find something that's fun and that he you enjoy to start. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that they're going to have to do yoga for an hour and uh, squat 300 pounds and on and on. Start with something fun and enjoyable and then uh, uh, stretch out the duration, stretch out the intensity and grow from there. Doing five minutes of push-ups, people think, oh, that's nothing. It's only five minutes. No, it's something. It's better than nothing. Um, yeah. The importance of mental health is, yeah, it, it's huge. And you can actually have uh, a bad workout if you're not in tune mentally, and then you can hurt yourself. So each one of my clients, before we work out, uh, I have a client after this, and I'm going to ask her, so how are you feeling? Um, because we intermix cardio and uh, body weight and yoga and uh, uh, circuit training. So um, I'll ask her how she's feeling. And I do want to push her a little bit. But if she's feeling off balance or if she's just not feeling something, I'm not going to push her to do those exercises to avoid injury. Um, the other yeah. thing that the, you know your, your culture does amazingly well, the Asian culture does amazingly well, is meditating. And um, yeah. I, I try to do it myself and I struggle with it. After 10 minutes, I'm, I'm totally distracted. I have ADD and yeah. I, I got to get up and see what's going on. So meditating, as we know, really, really helps. Um, and journaling. I would say journaling for mental health is huge. Um, yeah. It's okay to get a journal for a dollar, a notebook, yeah. and write in it, I hate working out. I hate eating healthy. I want to eat fried Twinkies and Mountain Dew every single day. Write that down. Get it out of your system. Then tear that piece of paper up into a million pieces because you know that's not healthy. It's not sustainable. You express that desire. You got that urge out. Um, Then on the next piece of paper, write, I feel like crap tonight. I didn't work out. I know I should have. Tomorrow morning, I'm setting my alarm for five, and I'm going to do 50 push-ups, whether I die or not. And then mm. put literally put that under your pillow or put that on your chest when you go to sleep and, and keep it there. And when you get up in the morning, own it. Just be like, all right, I got this. It's, it's, it's only me. I'm holding myself accountable. I'm going to make a positive difference in my life. Those yeah. are little things that you can do. Uh, I do think mental health is really, really, really powerful. And we have these thoughts that, you know, and these words that we just say over and over to ourselves. Oh, oh missed another day. That's typical of me. Missed another day. Yeah. Missed another day. So if you can interrupt those those conversations um, yeah. by journal, ripping that piece of paper out, put it on your pillow, put it in your pillowcase, sleep with it on your chest. I'm telling you, it will make a difference. You're interrupting those those conversations that you don't realize how often you actually have them with yourself. But yeah, yeah. You gotta have mental health. Yeah, no, thank you. That's actually a really good idea. I hope all our listeners can really take a lot from this conversation. Uh, thank, thank you for coming here and joining us for this podcast. One last question that we ask all our guests is, Okay, the two questions. So the first one is, what is the best mistake you have ever made in your life? <laughs> oh, the best mis- the best mistake? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, you, you can take it time. Oh, there's so many, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I learned from my mistakes. Uh, you know what? The, the, I, I like going with the first thing that pops into your head. Uh, I'm going to yeah. say, and, and I know some people are going to say that sounds mean, but um, was 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 getting married to the person I got married to because I have these three amazing kids from that yeah. marriage. But um, it, just a little background. The reason I say that is uh, I was – so if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this – do not ever, ever, ever give up on your dreams and, and what resonates with you and what makes you happy and what you're fired up about and what you're good at. I just posted on my Instagram uh, um, an exercise from Simon Sinek. So check it out. And he talks about yeah. how, to dis- how to discover your why. Please, everybody do that. So when I was in my 20s, I'm not bragging. It's all I did was play my drums. I was an amazing drummer. I mean, I, and you know, they didn't have YouTube back in the 1500s when I was in my twenties. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have any of that stuff. So I had to just, you know, go around and I was, um, 
I was an amazing drummer and I was pursuing my full-time musical career and I'd done it for two years. I'd made a living at it. And, um, yeah. I met the, the person who turned into my, my wife and now ex-wife, but, um, and, and I, it was me. I'm the one who derailed myself, but I was going back to LA to be a studio drummer. And instead I stayed in Chicago and got married. And to me, it was a mistake, but, um, you know, again, I, I've learned so much. And uh, when we did get divorced, I got full custody of my kids. And it, it's been an, an awesome, awesome journey. And, you know, obviously, I, yeah. I love my kids. I have two that are in their 20s. And then I have a daughter that's still in high school. So uh, that would that would be the answer. That's, that's beautiful. And we wish you the best of luck for your life and for that. Yeah. And yeah, so the Great last question. question. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, curious. Yeah. Uh, is that which is there a book or movie which changed your life? But you can't say can't hurt me from Dave Goggins. <laughs> so any <laughs> other book, any other book or movie that changed your life? Because can't hurt me changed my life. So I can relate to you. But then any other book. That's a great I like that you ask all your guests. That's a really, really good question. Um, I've got I've got a bunch of books and I'm trying to remember the one that um, um, there's so books there's I mean Forks Over Knives was a great book and movie that definitely changed my life um, <clears throat> the Eat Right for Your Type and Live Right for Your Type those are two different books about blood type those definitely changed my life but I'm going to give you one because we talked a little bit about mental health. <clears throat> Uh, and this is probably a book that most people aren't familiar with and it's a fast read. So check it out. It's called the little yellow book of yes attitude. It might be the little golden book, but it's, it's a golden yellow color. And it's, it's basically yeah. just, just Google yes attitude by a guy named yeah. Jeffrey Gittimer. And what I love about it is each page has like maybe 30 words on it. So it's really easy. And he talks about having a yes attitude. And I've got to tell you that, um, being in sales, living in downtown Chicago at the time, having three little kids, completely on my own, being on 100% commission, um, yeah. I worked a, a couple of jobs, not just my sales job, in my 40s. And I don't know how I did it, but uh, my, my boss introduced me to this book called The Yes Attitude. And it's not a, just about um, having a positive attitude because, so the author says, um, when your favorite soccer team scores a goal um, or when your friend comes back to you and says, I got the job. Nobody says, um, yes, right? Or, I'm sorry. They, I'm, yeah. People say yes. Or yeah. awesome. Nobody says positive, but we're always told you got to have a positive attitude. But like yeah. just think, right? you're all watching, you're watching your favorite Olympian right now or your favorite soccer team and, and you've got your healthy snacks out and you got your water, no energy, no Mountain Dew, right? Like, yeah. feel good. I feel good eating this stuff. This is cool. We're exercising self-control. And your favorite soccer team breaks the tie at 0-0 and they score. And you guys jump up and yeah. you go, positive. Nobody goes positive. You would go, yeah. yeah. So he talks about yeah. having this yes attitude. Um and it's pretty amazing. It, it, it helps people. And I, I think we need more positivity in the world, right? We need more people yeah. uh, getting along. We need more servanthood. And um, that book helped me uh, figure out a way to say yes without without being a victim, without giving in, without letting people take advantage of me. Yeah. Um, also, self-talk. You know, yes, I can do this. Yes, yeah. I'm going to get up early. Yes, uh, I'm going to goals. Yeah. yeah. So check out the yes attitude. That's that's probably the book that's really impacted me, and I, I made all yeah. three of my kids read it, and of course they resented me. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It, it works. It works. Well, all our listeners, I hope you note noted that down somewhere because they're really helpful. We'll we'll check it out too. I don't think I I don't think I'm familiar with these, but then I will make sure that I check them out. There's lots uh, of copies out there. You can go to uh, I go to Abe Books A B E Books dot com. I think that's what it is. And um, they've got a bunch of used copies, literally for like three dollars, four dollars, five dollars. Yeah. That's great. So thank you. Thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, thanks, guys, and thank you, Mark. Thanks for joining us. It's a really productive episode, and I hope we learned a lot, and I hope our listeners learned a lot too. And for the listeners, don't forget to check out at Rock and Roll Health Coach on Instagram and FitFormulaTraining.com.
Well, you so guys inspired me to put more out there on my social media. I'm an older yeah. guy, I'm not really good with it, but um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. It looks like you guys have a, yeah. a great podcast. I enjoyed the dialogue and uh, yeah, perhaps we'll, we'll talk down the road, but thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah. I really appreciate it. It was nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for everyone listening. And.